Hey everyone, and welcome to Project Esports for October 7th, 2019. It is spooky season. I have had my official Halloween cookies that we talked about on pre-show. We are getting so, so close to Halloween, and I am so, so excited. But we are not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about esports because this is Project Esports. As always, I am Andrew Nimsgren, one of your hosts, alongside both of my favorite goons, James and Dylan. <laughs> Almost screwed up your last names there. It is definitely going to be a long show, but you know, we're just going to go with it. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. I'm I'm getting ready for, for October in my own way. I've been watching a lot of spooky movies. I'm excited about that because Halloween is my favorite holiday, so I've been prepping for it. Yeah, if you actually creep Dylan's Instagram, he keeps posting whatever the fuck he's watching. So Movie a day. I'm watching a movie a day. Movie a day, yeah. I, for one, I, October is, is okay for me. My birthday is like three days, four days before Halloween. So Halloween since lost its hype for me many eons ago, much like the rest of my life. So living, <laughs> living, living that Doomer aesthetic, boys. Yeah, wow. This is a this is a really great start to the show so far, guys. But um, yeah, I guess as always, if you do not know, this is Project Esports. For each and every Monday, we do talk about esports on twitch.tv slash pop underscore off. Rather, it's the biggest news stories, topics, interviews, numbers, whatever else we really want to kind of talk about in esports. We give a little bit of context and a whole lot of opinions. We don't have any major housekeeping besides make sure to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash pop underscore off or twitter.com slash the esports pod. Make sure to do that. Keep up to date with everything we do. And check out the website poppedoff.com just to kind of see all the other content we're creating on top of that. But let us jump right into the show and handing it over to you, James, to talk about one of my favorite things that has been going on this last week. I know it's something you always look forward to each and every year is World. We are finally in the middle of it now that we've gotten going through play-in stages and now moving into knockoff stages, right? Yeah, so we're actually through my favorite part of Worlds, which is Planes. Planes for me is probably my favorite time of Worlds altogether because it is always such a gong show. We always get to see the the smaller and emerging regions um, basically try and pull some nutty BS to basically try and uh, get their make their way into knock in, uh, knockout stages. Um, unfortunately, my boys, the uh, the mammoth mammoth squad out of OCE, fell short. But um, if you look at um, if you look at like the standings, it's basically business as usual. It's nothing new. NA made it through. EU made it through. Korea made it through. And, uh, yeah, China made it through. Hong Kong Attitude made it through. So, like, it's it's been a mess. It's been, it's been like, I mean, it's, it hasn't been a mess. It's been the same shit. But if you actually watch the matches, that's the, that's the big thing. If you actually went and watched the matches from any of the stages outside of the Damwon Gaming games, uh, it, it shouldn't have gone this way. It shouldn't have gone this way at all. Teams were taking out people that they shouldn't have. Games, like, I mean, tiebreakers were happening left and right. It was ridiculous. But that being said, NA's last hope, Clutch Gaming, are pulling it through. They made it through knockouts today. It's ridiculous. Now, they came out more, no, less scathed. They could be. They came out unscathed in comparison to Damwon Gaming, who dropped the game. So what that tells me, by the power of deduction, that clutch gaming is going to take everything they're going to win it all our na our na mid laner tanner tanner demonte is going to give it to us he's going to like unlock tanner time on throughout the entire world and we're going to we're going to win it we're going to see it happen and he's kind of going to be at the top 
Okay, so first off, as much as I agree they are NA's true last hope, they are not the last NA team in there. There is two other NA teams no, in there. Not, no. So I do want to clarify that for anyone yes. that is not watching. Yeah, yeah. For anybody, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, like out of knockouts, um, we're still in there. So everybody who went first and second seed is completely unscathed right now. Nobody's actually oh, fought it out there. We're basically seeing the, the last couple teams weed their way through knockouts. We're going to have two more sets of best of five between Hong Kong Attitude and Isaris Gaming. Um, which should be a good game or a good series, which you, like that should be pretty entertaining. And then we have Splice and oh, God, Unicorns of Love. Should, thank you, Unicorns of Love, a very story organization who deserves to be back in Worlds more than anybody else. So I'm happy they're there. But yeah, so the prediction, of course, is Splice is going to probably win. And then uh, I believe most people have their money on Hong Kong. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, you never know. Isaris could upset something. It could be interesting, but that's really about it. Like, I mean, unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to tune in the broadcast live just because of they're airing at 8 a.m., like my time, which, I mean, usually isn't too bad, but when you work mornings, it kind of sucks. And then when you work nights, it also sucks. So I don't really get a, I don't really get to uh, watch money live stuff, but I get to catch the bots. So that's pretty good. Production team, is, I think, has done a great job so far. Um, but the biggest problem in all worlds, doesn't unrelated to production, unrelated to teams, we don't have a world's theme. We still don't have a world's theme. I don't know when we're gonna get it. It's gonna be at gonna groups. Happen. It's gonna be that there's gonna be there's like a five day period between knockout stages and groups, and that's when we're gonna get it. So knockout stages end today, and what group stages start on Saturday? I haven't. Think so. Yeah, I have it in my like day. Google Calendar. It's a couple of days, and I think in that time period between it, we're going to get the trailer. Is the only thing that I can kind of assume because it has been confirmed there is one. It is taking longer than they wanted. They want it to be out by now. So if it doesn't come out for groups, it almost doesn't make sense to release it at this point, unless it you release really, it right yeah. before finals. But um, yeah. I I also haven't been able to watch the vods at all. But I'm like uh, I'm not the live streams at all, and I'm like I'm gonna go unspoiled today. Like I'm gonna go not check Twitter or anything today, and I'm gonna come back tonight and watch it once I get off work. Then I remembered I do an esports podcast 30 minutes after I get home from work, and I would not have the possible time, and I'd have to read through the outline, which would more than likely spoil it. So I just looked on Twitter and saw um, the two teams, uh, Clutch and uh, uh, help me out here. Why am I blanking? I want to Dom won. Dom won. And like that's who I expected to win. That wasn't really surprising to me. But I've been try. I've been pretty good about not getting anything spoiled and watching the vods on it. So I was kind of sad for knockouts, but. At this point, it's going to be an inevitable. I'm, I'm only going to be really working up for semifinals and finals at this point just because of how early it'll be for me and just having to work all day. That doing that more than a couple of times all of Worlds will literally kill me. Yeah, it's pretty rough to do. I might, I think I might brave it out. Because it's 6 a.m. for me, and it's 8 a.m. for you. So, like, it's a little better for you. 6 a.m. is rough. That's not how time zones work. You know that, right? That's com- very wrong. Probably the most wrong you could possibly It be. started at 6 a.m. for me today. So it should start later for you. It starts at 8 a.m. for me. Four hours after 6 is 10, but 10 isn't the right time. So it should be, yeah. yeah. Okay, it would have been earlier then. You're helping my point even better. But I could have sworn it started at 6 this morning, but I don't know. What? I'm bad at math. What? (laughs) That would put you in like the middle of the Atlantic if it was starting at like 6 a.m. your time. No, it wouldn't. Oh, it would be It put me in the Midwest. Yeah, Which is probably the time I was doing it from. The, right, yeah, but you're not in the Midwest anymore. You're in the Pacific Coast. Yeah, but it's so, still new. Yeah. 
All right. And for every week we talk about time zones. It's every single week. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. That's that's all. It's all we have to talk about. We don't really care about esports. We care more about the globe, time zones, and so much. And this isn't just like here either. It's like also in our group chats. We also just like confuse time. <laughs> it's zones hard all the time. when all three of us are in different time zone, and I still think it two time zones because I grew up for 21 years in the Midwest and trying to adapt to a new time zone. It's a hard life. Give me a break here. But and I, and I have a fake time zone. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're not even real. Knows to, nobody knows how to do the math on that one hour after freaking Dylan. But it's just he's plus one. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. He's right? plus one. But we're not here to talk about time zones as much as we do enjoy talking about it. And do you guys have anything else to really go on with the world? No, but I'm really excited to get into our next topic because everything's getting goofy, and I love it. Which is what I want to transition into because we can always jump back to it. But let's stay in League of Legends. Let's stay on our 13th episode within this topic. Rick Fox. Yeah. We're Again. It Rick Watch. I'm, I'm coining it Rick Watch. That's what we're doing. The Rick Fox Watch. I'm gonna. I'm, that's what we're going to call it now. Because Rick Fox, after being ousted by his company, has decided to say, Fuck you guys, I'm suing you now. After after 80% of the investors decided to turn on Rick Fox after he made statements that he was going to burn this mother down, more or less, uh, he's decided to go and sue them for tens of millions of dollars. That's all of this, are the most figures we have right now. We don't have any details surrounding that, but he's creating a lawsuit. Against them, against the same people who ousted him from his from his company. So if I if I do remember right, um, one of it is the uh, racist minority owner, and one one is one other one that was kind of heading yeah. the internal ousting. Uh, so it's not against the entire team; it is against two of the major investors. But one was the one that began all of this shit, and the other one was kind of the one leading the charge and being the man behind the rest of the investors. So he's not technically suing Echo Fox; he's suing two of these specific investors, which is something to clarify that he's not hurting the Echo Fox organization really directly. It's more the people behind it. Uh, I mean, he's certainly hurting it indirectly. I mean, they're all hurting it indirectly. But yeah, he the two the two primary characters that he is going after are Amit uh, Rizeda, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher his last name, and uh, Stratton Scalvos is the other gentleman. Um, so those are seem to be the two he's after. Um, I guess Linda McPhee, who is his uh, Scalvos' attorney, is apparently stating that Rick Fox's lawsuit is based off of lies and that he is simply yet another attempt to deflect Bane for Echo Fox's failure for himself. Jeez. Yeah, so we're cut. getting catty out here. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting savage. So, uh, yeah, she also refutes that the claims that uh, Rezeta and Scalvos misused company funds. So, oh, yeah, that's the real lawsuit behind it all. That I, yeah, I forgot that was the reasoning thing. behind it. Yeah, yeah. But I just love that we get the figure tens of millions of dollars and we don't, we are not actually getting anything concrete. I love how much BS is like associated with this entire saga because it's just like we just keep getting snippets like here and there. Like every week, it's like, oh, something else has happened. I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm really excited to figure out who sues who, who burns whose company down. It's just a train wreck. And I, at this point, I have so little to say about the whole thing anymore. Like, I am just running out of words for both sides. I think this has been mishandled by every single party involved. And at this point, yes, we have now coined Rick Watch. But at the same time, Rick, I am... Oh, Rick Fox Watch. I think Rick we should, Fox I think we do Watch. The, yeah, try and say that like 10 times fast. Yeah, I'm good because I am just... 
completely good with this entire story. And if we never hear the name Rick Fox again, or any of the investors, or even Echo Fox, you know I'm not going to be disappointed. Like, this has just been going on so long, and it has no real implications on anything in esports outside of this little org. It has nothing to do with anyone else. But it's like it's like a train wreck you can't, like, turn away from. I That's can. the thing. Like, like it's, we, drama. It's, it's drama, dude. I need that drama so in my life. Yeah. And, like, I think, like, I think if we didn't start this, like, ages ago, we wouldn't still be doing it. But because we started it, and we've been, like, giving updates on it every show, it's like, well, we can't. We can't stop now. We can't. Like, can we? We can't. Really? We said we said months ago that we would we, we would continue to update until the story is over, not knowing this story was going to go on for months. <laughs> we and I think we said like three or four separate times, being like, "All right, this is the last thing. This is no way it can go any further than this." And then it keeps going further. It's ridiculous. But I mean, I at this point, the lawsuit should take a while. It'll either happen or won't happen, and I cannot fathom. After restraining orders have been denied, lawsuits on both sides, Rick Fox isn't part of the team anymore. I cannot fathom what more after this lawsuit can happen. I'm not saying there's not going to be something, but I cannot physically think of something. I've been thinking all day. What else can happen? What can be the next development after the outcome of this lawsuit? I don't know, but there's going to be something and that makes me upset. I'm not going to lie. You know what it's going to be? They're going to have a COD spot. They're going to have a COD spot. That's what they're going to have. And then we get to cover that, and then we get to talk about that. It's going to be great. Or they buy a CSGO team, because that seems to be the very end trend. Yeah. It's... I cannot... That Echo Fox is a dead team in my mind now. Dead I, org. They, they lo- I'm dead org, yeah. They've lost the face of their brand. They've... They're being sued for money now. Like, they're major investors behind it. They don't have a major team in anything anymore i mean outside the fighting game community and maybe a couple other smaller ones like they're not majorly in anything active i just think it's only a matter of time till this organization just dies and i think that could actually be the final outcome of this whole thing in a couple months yeah well i mean that's where it's inevitably going and i can guarantee any player who has an agent with half a brain is like you need to get out of here now you need to go somewhere else or like because you don't want to be associated with this this titanic-esque organization it's. It actually kind of is like the Titanic, where you know this. this it's going down a lot with... slower than a Titanic, though. I'd rather watch a Titanic know, go down long, than this. That's a long scene, and instead of the iceberg, it was just racism. So I mean, like, you know, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> that's 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 actually a really good comparison. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't like spending too much time on this just because we have talked about it every episode. I feel like we've dedicated like three episodes worth of time to this single topic. So do you guys have anything else actually special to add? Because we know we're talking about this in a week or two. Tune in next week for Rick Fox Watch. I'm going to create some kind of like... Give me, give me a graphic. Yeah, I'm going to create a graphic for it. I'm going to do the little the spinning Rick Fox head like the Batman thing that you see all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <it all. laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hold me to that. I'll try to have that for next week. Um, All right, I'll remind you. God. Um, All right, Dylan. Let's let's stop talking about Echo Fox. (laughs) Let's talk about another team that we are. uh, It's another follow-up story. We've had a lot of follow-up stories recently, and this one's on a little bit of the brighter side. So fill us in on what's going on with kind of Dota Two and Team Liquid. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, uh, the past couple weeks, we've been giving some updates on some Dota Two roster changes because after. 
TI, there's always big changes, and I wanted to bring up the really big ones, like the really shocking ones, uh, just to update everyone on the postseason. So um, we found out that all of Team Liquid um, left to form a new team on their own, and we also found out that Alliance released their entire squad. Well, now Team Liquid, the organization, signed that former Alliance roster to their Dota 2 lineup, um, which is really good, which is really cool because I think, you know, just talking here, we're all worried that Team Liquid was kind of just uh, out in the cold, so, so to speak, because, you know, they had an amazing team and then they just left um, and they would have had to rebuild the organization from scratch. But picking up an already formed roster, I think, is spelling really good news for them um, playing in the Europe scene. So just to build on this, Alliance has already picked up a new Dota roster as of October 3rd. They've already they've dropped that entire roster. Now they've picked up another one. So usually when you see these massive roster like you know ditches, you're like, okay, well the org's going downhill, and these players are trying to go like you know. Everyone's just trading so, rosters. Well, it's just trading. Well, like especially with the lines being around for so long, like I mean, they are a storied org, but I mean, like they're like I don't know, like you, you haven't heard about them recently in anything major. So you're like, okay, are they just getting rid of people and everybody's kind of bailing? But no, they were always like. We're gonna pick up another. They're gonna pick up another roster. So, I know nothing of these. I know nothing of these characters. I don't know any of these names. So I don't know if they downgraded, if they upgraded, or what. Yeah, I think the culture is just a little bit different in Dota. So I think for 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 the players, them being dropped is more of um, switching around a coaching staff. I think is probably the biggest thing for them going to, between different organizations. Um, because I think these organizations hold on to their coaching staff a little bit harder than, say, the Overwatch League. And I think that's kind of why we're seeing a lot of moves and a lot of players stick together. Uh, because the Alliance roster um, actually has been playing together for two years already. So you're having a team with chemistry already. And the fun thing I wanted to bring up, I was talking about this in the pre-show a little bit. Um, but most of these guys also got their start in Heroes of New Earth, Han. <laughs> oh my so god, it's a throwback. They are old boys in in the in the scene, um, which is very cool to see. Um, so I really hope Team Liquid is going to have the infrastructure for them to really shine and flourish because, you know, Team Liquid should have it. And I mean, I think that's probably one of the reasons why they were able to bring their former roster so far up and so consistently in TI, is because they probably have a really strong um, support network for all their players. Well, I mean, like, look at look at anything Team Liquid's had their hands in the last little while. Like, I mean, they easily have some of the best supported uh, teams in in North America altogether. Like, I mean, they're like the like not even North not even North America. Like, their 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 Rainbow Six team was incredible as well. I mean, for the region and everything like that. Like, I mean, these guys don't cut corners as far as support for their teams, right? So, I'm I, yeah, I can imagine that the the former Alliance roster is probably going to do quite good in their hands. Um, especially with some time development. That being said, though, they're a bunch of old hats. So, do you think that's going to have like a big, a big impact on like how if they're like down to like bend and like you know adjust and learn new tricks? I think so. Um, I think they're really seasoned players, um, not only in Dota but coming from Heroes of New Earth. So they they know that you need to constantly shift around and adapt. Um, and I'm really hoping that they do take their skills like that into into this new organization because. With all these different roster changes and new orgs being formed, it's really exciting. I'm super, super excited for the Dota scene coming up. Um, and then another little tiny thing I want to throw in there is like a side note. Um, OG, um, who is that really incredible team that basically was just formed from Dota players, um, I think rumor on the street is they're picking up a CSGO team. 
Um, so they're cool. expanding. Oh, they're actually expanding. That's sick. Yeah, that'd okay. be really cool. That's the rumors out there. And I wouldn't say just a really good Dota team. You mean the back-to-back TI champions. The best. The yeah, first the best. ever yeah. two-time champions and back-to-back champions. So let's not... Undisputed champions. Yes. Undisputed, yeah. You can't yeah. even... With the same roster. Yeah. yeah. To, to, to note as well. Which you talked about a couple of weeks back. But I just like, even not being a Dota fan, saying that really good Dota team just seemed like an insult even to me. And I don't even care about OG. That really good Dota team. No, the best Dota team. They got a couple wins. That's like calling Michael Jordan, like, that okay basketball player. Like, no. No, it's like calling him a pretty good basketball player. Yeah, it's like calling MJ a pretty good basketball player. Yeah, that's not how it works. But yeah, I guess I don't personally have too much to add about this. I'm not huge in Dota. I think the roster switching and all that kind of stuff is super entertaining. I love free agency and traditional sports, esports. I love seeing people move around long. It doesn't hurt anyone. I always love seeing it. But So speaking of free agency, well, I think Andrew wants to talk about a sport that just went into free agency. Are you started their free agent. Are you are you taking my transition from me? Are you? I am. I am, dude. I fa- I found a pause and I took it. 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 I. I mean, it wasn't even on the outline, but no, I just wanted to. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, it goes into our next topic, but I feel like this is a good spot to kind of like insert it. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. But yeah. Um. Nothing we want to dive way too deep into, but um. Overwatch free agency has started. Today specifically is when we really got going with a ton of players being dropped. We had coaching staff being dropped last week. Um, it's just kind of going to be crazy. Like I, don't, I can't even do it justice. I already have lost track of all the moves that have happened on day one, but that's something that I do really want to keep out with. And another thing to recommend is to check out our sister show, Casual Overwatch uh, League fans, who will be doing updates and all that as well too. We might be doing some additional content on top of that as well. But I'm super excited for it. We have seen the list of all the players that are free agents, and that doesn't include the people that are going to be dropped or traded. So this offseason is going to be absolutely ridiculous, um, kind of gearing up for the next season. So I don't know what to expect. I don't think we want to really get into what we hope or anything kind of like that, but I can definitely say that all three of our teams probably will have at least one major uh, change between all three. I mean, Dylan, half your teams are already gone. So it's not even a question oh, for yeah. you. Your coaching staff and half of your players are gone. I'm guessing the fines are going to be right behind you. You've already lost your coach earlier in the season. We lost, so. Yeah, we lost Bishop and we just lost Gods as well. Yeah, so, so. it's only a matter of time until you lose more. And Valiant, I don't know how major of a shakeup it'll be, but we'll, there'll be some trades because there always seems like they're talking in trades. They never end up going through, but that's something that always comes up. So... Nothing I want to dive too deep into. Go check out Casual Overwatch League fans. They'll dive into a lot more. But it was a good transition leading into our next topic. And uh, I'm not I'm not caught up with everything, so I can't talk more about it. Unless you guys have anything to say. I mean, my former favorite team, the Mayhem, uh, like cut like, like half the their entire team. Rots. Their entire team. Well, everybody was kind of expected except for Hagopun. Like, that was the that was the big one. But everybody else was like, meh. Kind of expected it. Yeah. Dylan, any initial like thirty second thoughts on your entire team being gone after doing so well at the end of the stage? I'm scared. Uh, I don't know what's gonna happen with my team, um, but it's okay. I mean, uh, the DPS uh, DPS players are still there, which is my favorite players. So hopefully, yeah, that's that's, that's the only players anyone cares about at the watching the injustice at this point. Maybe Ark and Sleepy too is kind of the secondary ones. Yeah, but... I mean, there were some uh, some big losses, but hopefully it'll turn out good in the end. It yeah. Always does, right? <laughs> sure. 
But I do want to transition into something that a lot of people are talking about kind of in the esports kind of whole industry as a whole. And just a lot of people in esports have been even traditional kind of media been talking about. But Sinatra and Super from the San Francisco Shock went on to the Jimmy Fallon, the Tonight Show um, earlier. No, not tonight. To, right, literally right after this show they're going on. Oh, it's going on tonight? Yeah, right after. Oh, I thought show. it happened last week. Turn it on. Um, okay, I do not even have cable anymore, so I have to find a way to watch that. But um, okay, my bad on not knowing when it is. But I think I just love kind of seeing this stuff. I love seeing these crossovers. I mean, esports is getting into the mainstream more and more. I don't think it's a question of that. Um, we saw Puga from a hundred thieves um, with the world champion um, Fortnite World Cup or whatever um, doing the same kind of network. So I love seeing that whenever someone wins a major event. They go on to the Tonight Show. They do that media circuit that any other traditional sport would do. So I definitely love seeing that trend and that these Tonight Shows are getting kind of more common to it, that they don't question it. They're like, yeah, sure, we'll have them on. Why not? So, I mean, what do you guys think? It hasn't happened yet. We can't really talk about how it went. But this idea of these media circuits that we see traditional sports do and just being more and more in the mainstream. Are you feeling good about this or – so um, from what I've seen recently, because um, he was on, like Ninja's been on like a couple different times to so, like, you know, late shows and like Ellen and stuff. The one thing I've noticed that I really, really am appreciative of is 90% of the time they aren't condescending about no. it, um, which is awesome to see. And I think that's the kind of narrative we need to have, um, because the one bad thing about the public image about esports is Twitter. Um, oh, we, yeah. ABC. Every time it goes on ABC, man, it's a it's like Slasher makes an event out of it. I love it. Yeah, I, it's mainly my like boomer Twitter, like the old person Twitter, that it's like such an issue. Um, so it's really nice to see someone being able to like um, kind of direct the conversation and make sure that these guys are painted into a really good light for the audiences. So the audiences are intrigued and be like, "Oh, that's really cool," or like, "Hey, maybe my son's doing that." Like, I think that's really awesome, and I'm really glad it's happening. Or daughter, yes. And I think what helps with that is once the money starts being dropped into it, because these are almost always after large events, it's hard to really give them that much shit. Like, especially with Booga, um, I think that's how you say his name, from uh, Fortnite, is that he's a 15-year-old kid or a 16-year-old kid that won $3 million. Please tell me how you can make fun of him. Like, that's like... The concept of having that much money at the age of 15 is ridiculous. So please tell me how you can make fun of someone that rich at that young of an age because they're playing video games on national TV. Like I just find that hard to do, which is a good way. I think eventually we will see people that may not always be winning the national, like the biggest championships and all that kind of stuff, start making smaller appearances and stuff on this. But I think the entry to the mainstream being these people that have won a ton of money and can speak to that, like, oh, wow, you actually win, like, a lot of money playing this game. Like, that legitimizes it for so many people that so many people have a hard time making fun of it when they see it's a real career and they hear the money behind it. Even if they don't agree and enjoy it, no one can argue with the fact that this kid is making a living off playing video games. And that is something that most people have probably thought of before. I think uh, I think one big thing that we need to start worrying about, though, is the flip side, though, is that we need to make sure that the people we do send to these interviews and these these talk shows actually have a good representation of esports, and they're not the the degens that like have a tendency to like you know show their ugly head every once in a while. I think most of the, most of the professional teams are pretty well trained with PR and everything like that, um, but 
We, oh, Jeff we, Kaplan's probably sitting backstage staring at him if they do anything wrong. Like, there the ain't going to be nothing going wrong here. Yeah, but we, we saw some real, real dirtbags sneak through the season one of Overwatch. Like, Dreamcast, where, like, he snuck right in. And, I mean, we just recently saw a Twitter apology from him, but, I mean, that doesn't excuse anything he did. But we, like, I mean, I think Super has already done a major interview before. I think. I want to say he has, like, on, a, on like, a, like, a mainstream television show. Don't, Don't quote me on that. Uh, I can't remember, but I'm genuinely worried about Sinatra. Sinatra's Why? a snotty kid. Sinatra is a snotty kid. So I'm concerned that he might make an ass out of himself. You I just have a bias towards Sinatra. Like, he's I, not... I, I these Sinatra, two dude. will be fine on national TV. I think they will both do a fantastic job. I don't even have a question of how they're going to present themselves. I hope Sinatra burns the Overwatch League to the ground. Oh my I god, hope he, get I hope out he of here. James. <laughs> Get out he's of gonna here. do it, man. He will be but fine. No, this entire thing. I mean, I, uh, but again, I do, I am I am fearful that we that some of the dredges of esports may end up on one of these one of these talk shows just because um the, just because the research may or may not have been done. You know what I mean? Like we may have people who've done well who historically aren't the best people for like a presence. You know what I mean? Um, just because late night talk shows for the most part. Like, this is a very new thing for them. Esports is still, like, a very new experience for them to really, like, you know, dip their toes into. No, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I I still don't have that worry. I think having, I mean, you, those snotty kids and, like, the color, like, Dreamcasper or XQC and stuff like that, that's usually racism. That's usually, um, like, sexual harassment and stuff kind of like that, like, those are all things that like national TV networks want nothing to do with either. And they'll make sure to really do their vetting, especially on something that probably doesn't do exceptionally well with their um, target audiences. I can't, I cannot believe esports is what their audiences are begging for. So it's, it's already something they're already taking a bit of a reach on. So they're going to do their, their research and they're not going to have something like that on. So that's not something I worry about as well. Because if esports was all of a sudden like the only thing everyone talked about, yeah, that'd get through because everyone's trying to get esports on as quick as possible. But right now, most audiences aren't begging for it. So they're being very picky about who they bring on. So I'm really not worried about that point at all. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So I guess with that, I do want to move into something else that is in the limelight that helps get us in the limelight, and that is Twitch Prime. Because if you have Amazon, that means you have Twitch Prime, and that means that each and every month you can give any single um, channel of your choice a free uh, Twitch subscription. Oh my goodness, I am stumbling on it today. And it does not automatically renew. It automatically goes to someone, and guess what? Every single dollar from it goes directly to us. You are taking money away from Amazon, which Dylan cares. Okay, you don't get the full $5, but Amazon doesn't get money. You're not paying for anything, right, Dylan? It's free. Um, you're taking well, money from Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're That's all you care about. That's yeah. all you care about. Don't correct me. Well, no, it's like more of like Amazon is giving you a little credit to spend somewhere. You should spend that little credit with us. Give us a little slice of that pie. Give us a little slice of that that sweet, sweet uh, subscription money pie, please. Because wow. everything that we do make, which we do have our first payout coming up soon, which is going to be to giving uh, other content creators and freelance writers a chance to write for the website and give a little bit of money and continue doing what they love, or just kind of anything else we need around here to keep things going. But 90% of it will go towards helping people find our content and 
making more content. So it does mean the world to us. It does help us out a ton. So do make sure to do that each and every month. But I do want to move on to our next topic, which is going to stay within Overwatch. And that was in an interview with the Jeff Kaplan, Papa Jeff, my favorite person who took a picture with me. And I was beyond excited about it. I talked about that last week. Um, in an interview, they were talking about um, if they if they would be open to Overwatch characters being in Smash Brothers and which ones were able. Jeff pretty much said, you could take whoever you want. You could put every Smash character, in. I mean, every Overwatch character in the game and we would not care. So I want to ask you guys a question of which Smash characters do you think would be the best to go in over, uh, Smash Brothers? Which Overwatch characters would go best in Smash Brothers? Um, I don't know. I, I think I have two. I have two on deck that I think would be really cool. Um, obviously, I think Diva would be really cool. Um, she has a very clear alt, like a like like ultimate. I think it would be really cool in the game. Um, I just want to say Ryan. I just want another big, fat, heavy character in the game, like character that moves slow. You get slam down your your hammer. I think it would both be really fun. I think there's only one logical choice for who ends up over there, and I think it's Doomfist. I think Doomfist might be the only like really like smashy esque. Overwatch character. I don't agree with this at all. I want to. I want to voice that now. I think Why? it's dumb, man. I like because I I despise when I don't even play Years of the Storm. But when they started importing characters into that shit, I was like, get in the axe, dude. I get I get boned enough by Lucio over in Overwatch. I don't want to deal with that shit on the Rift. And now I might have to deal with it in Smash, dude. It sucks. This is awful. Not a fan. But Doomfist. Who's your first answer, Dylan? Diva. Diva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what makes the most sense would be Tracer. Yeah. I can already imagine what her characters would be. You can already see what her ultimate would be. I mean, her side uh, side Bs would be her blink. She could do a recall for her down B. I mean, she has the range weapon for her neutral B, just pistol whipping for her basic attack. I mean, you can just see how that already goes. Plus, she is the mascot for all of Overwatch, so I do think it makes completely sense that they did that so that would be my best guess i see a lot of people ask for winston and stuff like that especially kate is in chat right now but i've just seen people online but with donkey kong and stuff like that i i just don't think that makes sense they're I, different yeah they're very different are they yeah, one is a gun that monkey has a gun stop him <laughs> i mean i guess in donkey kong 64 he still has a gun but still it's a banana gun it's a bazooka Diddy has a gun. Oh, Diddy, no, Diddy has, has a gun. Diddy has pistols. I've but never played it. I have never played a Donkey Kong game. Just want to get that out right now. I'm totally Donkey, content with that. Donkey Kong 64 is a. Oh, it's something else, man. That game is a trip. Wait. So I, I do have a question. Is Tracer really still the mascot for Overwatch? Would you? Would, she would you is on the her? logo of the Overwatch League. She was one of the core characters. And I feel like in public, she's one of the most commonly known ones, especially being a member of the LGBTQ community. She's also pushed very much in that aspect. I wouldn't say pushed, but highlighted in that aspect. So I feel all around, she is something that Overwatch team pushes heavily. And she's on the head of the league. So I couldn't think of anyone that would be considered more. I mean, when I... I I, I would would suggest D.Va, maybe. I think D.Va would be a close runner up but you're probably right just where 
not only not only does Tracer get a lot of like publicity, but the like Blizzard also pushes it, right? True. So Yeah. So I mean I, there's I, I definitely no official one. Anything. I, I agree. I think it's one of the yeah, I think it's easier to cosplay as Diva. Hey, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's a it's a it's a it's a latex suit. That's it, you're done. Alright, so what what if this happened instead? Special developer update. It's Jeff Kaplan, right? He's sitting there. Smash like, Brothers. I mean, yeah. An Overwatch Smash Bros. Just the whole game? No, 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 no. He says, we will have a collab. And the character we will be putting in is Junkrat. Fuck. I, no, I would never touch him. <laughs> That'd be so bad. Uh, but I, I really think in a couple years, I, have, I am surprised we have not seen a Blizzard ripoff of first team fight tactics and second smash brothers there are enough unique characters that they could do both of them so easily here's here's why there's no team fight tactics is because blizzard moves incredibly slow they're very slow they company um to be able to do that they would need to be able to form a new team um and then start developing it which i don't see them doing that because they tried to do the same thing with Heroes of the Storm, because when MOBAs were identified, they were like, we need to get a team on it, we're going to do it. They were so late to the party, and all the really good updates came out so late that the game never, you know, did well. Well, as we know, with the uh, the esports side of Heroes of the Storm, right? Unfortunately. So I I, I don't think they'll ever hop on something that fast again. And as far as that is, I I don't know. I don't really see Blizzard making, like, a... Not a hero, uh, like fighter but like a like a party fighter or whatever like whatever you would classify putting a bunch of random characters there, there. i do not understand why there are not more competitors of smash brothers it is one of the because it's unique because you can't you, touch you, it man you want to know the one competitor to it it was playstation, PlayStation all-stars All yes what a bad game that should come back because they actually have a real cast now that's not sack boy they should no. totally bring that back I, I mean they have like a cast but like they aren't it's they a aren't, cast not the same it's not the same. I, w- I would say they're not doing it because I don't want to say Smash is the perfected form of it, but Smash is like the perfected form. If you want to play something else, you can go play Brawlhalla. That's like the only other one that you would ever yeah, play. Yeah. But do you know how games get better? By competition between other games. You all push each other to get better. PlayStation All-Star comes out. You know what? It's an okay game. It's not great. But Nintendo's like, shit, they're coming for us. They're gonna change. They're coming for it's gonna be, us. It's gonna be so bad that Nintendo would just be laughing. They'll be laughing on their their stacks of, of the Smash Cash. Their goddamn cash. Scrooge McDucks. That not a single dollar of that will ever go to esports, unfortunately. And, and the yeah, but the the one thing I think is really good is that they're starting to open up the gates to non Nintendo exclusive characters that we've seen. Oh yeah. Um, which is which is good, and I think that's a good sign. I think it's a sign that like. If people are gonna put their IP in something, they're really gonna be like, "Listen, we're gonna we want it in Smash. Just put it in Smash." Well, and you also got to think that some of the biggest characters from PlayStation are already in Smash as well. I mean, Snake. You have Cloud. Cloud. Um, like once they lost even Cloud, even Joker. I mean, that's Persona. That's a PlayStation exclusive game. Like that's another big PlayStation character. Like that's three that I can think of right now, and I'm pretty sure there's a fourth one too. So, like. It's already the PlayStation All-Stars 2.0, so I, I do agree. I'm just kind of joking around. I loved PlayStation All-Stars growing up, though, but uh, no. There there can't really be competition to Smash ever. I don't think that's how it should be, but it is just such a game that I don't know how anyone could compete with them. 
I, I, I think it's competition is more just in the fighting game scene in general. Like, it's competing with different types of fighters. I think that's yeah. kind of where it's at. Well, it's still trying to identify itself as a fighter, too, because nobody, nobody sees it as a fighter. It's a party. It's a party brawler. It's a fun party game. One of the I, best well, I'm not saying games. it's not, but, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's its own entity. Yeah. Trying, I, I've been thinking this whole time. I want to see if there's a second Overwatch character, but I totally disagree with all of yours, actually. You don't think D.Va would be a good character? No. You don't think Doomfist would be a good character? I, so so I my, my two that I definitely agree would be good characters and ought to be in the game would just be Tracer and D.Va. I think those are the only two options to put in the game. I think Genji. Oh, hey, God. Genji. Oh, God. Dude, come on. Down. Can I thumb, double thumbs down that? I'm just thinking that would actually work in Smash with like their weapons and such like that. Genji's another it, one that could work. It doesn't matter what, what, what could work because they they could figure it out. I think no matter what happens, they could figure it out for any character. I think it's more of like, what do you want from Overwatch to be reflected? Like, what do you want? If you could choose representative from Overwatch to be in Smash, what would it be? And I think, Genji. I think no, what, repre what Genji. represents the uh, Overwatch player base the best is Genji. If I had to pick a character to represent the entire Overwatch player base... It would be Genji. No, it's not the player Doom base. Doomfist would be right it's behind the game. it. It's representing the game, I mean. Not the player base. Roadhog would be a good one, too, actually, now that I see that. But, all right. Anything else you want to talk about this? Because I could disagree with both of your ideas forever. You're, well, we, we, we can agree that you're wrong, and we can go from there. No, we well, said Tracer. Everyone agrees with Tracer. <laughs> well, I take that back, because you're being a jerk. Excuse you're being a little what? punk about it, just like Sinatra. Little yep. punk boy. Whatever. Dylan, let's go to... The Middle East, in according to James Ward's. Okay, so no. Um, <laughs> damn it, dude. <laughs> Jesus, right, so, man. So we're going to talk about esports um, showing up in new areas. Specifically, this one in India, because India is a region. Um, yes, the Southeast Asia. I was joking yeah, because Dylan, I mean, James doesn't know geography. So anyways, anyways, DreamHack Delhi 2019 has been announced. Uh, DreamHack is a really giant um, LAN. I guess I would classify it as a LAN uh, for esports. Um, basically, it's it's huge in Europe. Um, they have a lot of tournaments there, a lot of huge tournaments there. They also have a lot of bring-your-own computers and consoles uh, to go off on. Um, but now it's going to be in Delhi, India, which is very cool, I think, because we've been talking about this every once in a while, like, we would bring it up, be like, oh, there's like this small esports event happening in India or Pakistan um, or maybe in Dubai. Um, but I think this is like a nice big cornerstone uh, to talk about, you know, merging esports in these different areas. Um, I think this is going to be really cool, mainly for the fighting game section, um, because in India and Pakistan, uh, fighting games have been huge and they've been getting really, really big, but they haven't had anywhere to really go uh, too much because just traveling is, you know, traveling is just huge there's huge, nothing huge near confusing. it it's going oh, to korea it. it's going to europe and that's far yeah, for both of them japan yeah they're gonna have to fly over to japan so um the, the what is really cool about this is this area very close they could just easily just go over to delhi and, and play some fighting games i'm really excited about it yeah it, it's something that i i ever i always hear about how big of a growing market um 
India is, and now Pakistan has really been in, in the Middle East in the general, and not even making a joke of James. Like, literally, the Middle East have been another one that has been growing a lot, too, especially since Evo, when I can't now remember the name for life of me right now, and I do apologize for that, but we had an Evo winner from Pakistan, and how big of a deal that was, and now how focused on that community in the Middle East is now, and now we see a dream hack for the first time, I, to my understanding, going into India. I, it, It's not something that I know much about. It's not something I get super passionate about, but I can't deny how cool it is and how big it is, especially with how big and pretty much untapped these markets are looking from a business side of all of it, which is where I almost always come from because that's what I know the best. So I think it's a really big opportunity and I think there's a lot of people that are interested in this kind of stuff, but have never had the opportunity pretty much because of their location. Because yeah, I mean, we also another one, it could have gone down to OCE. I mean, down to Australia, going down to some of the um, islands over there, which I, I can't think of all the tape my head either, but it's just such a big area of the world where there's nothing there, and it's kind of unbelievable because there is a demand for it pretty much everywhere, and clearly there are good players coming out of it. So I am curious to see how well, well think, it goes. I think India is kind of uh, kind of on its own, where like with like Vietnam and every any entity like the Southeast well, Asia. Yeah, I forget Vietnam has. And yeah, kind of like that Vietnam's area. Vietnam has a massive esports scene now, mind you, especially with League of Legends, it's fairly minor but it, no it's 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 fairly corrupt um oh. just as far as a, from a corporate standpoint oh. um and you get in like i mean this isn't just me having like a bias like you can scroll through reddit and you'll find you know pages upon pages of documentation about how much of a mess it is um but i mean even still like if you were to go t- commute to like you know korea japan whatever you like i mean you still have a fairly large esports scene like nearby but india's kind of on its own because you're right like you have to either go all the way to europe all the way to the coast and go to Japan or Korea, right? Like, I mean, they are really their own isolated region. So if India can really, like, start promoting and developing their own, uh, like, esports territory, like, I mean, that's that's huge for them. And, I mean, it's not like – And these population is massive, too. Yeah, I was about to say, we haven't even talked about the population yet and how huge that is. I, is it yeah. a billion people? Two billion? I mean, it's a large chunk of the world population. It's all I remember. It's been so long. It is a billion. billion. So yeah, we got to think there's like seven to eight billion people on the planet right now. So that is an eighth of the world's population that has zero esports events, which is kind of crazy to think from that side, not even just thinking about the population density there too. But it it is an understatement to say that that is not a very well tapped market in terms of esports. Yeah, I think the one major issue is not people not being into esports in these areas. It's just the lack of infrastructure. Um, because we had that uh, topic of when we were talking about Evo, um, you know, uh, the score did like a wonderful piece on fighting games in, in Pakistan and that people are there playing. They're playing a ton. They just have nowhere to go. Um, you know, there's tons of people in these regions that are playing a ton of games. You know, um, there's a ton of PC bongs in India where like they hang out and they play CSGO and stuff like that of where they're, 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 there's a need to play these esports. They just need the infrastructure. And I really hope... Um, you know, things like DreamHack are going to be that infrastructure that we need to really kick off the competition and really get people playing with each other um, and really competing in esports. And hopefully, um, we can start seeing this have ripples, you know, in the larger aspect of esports. You know, um, I don't know what region that would be considered uh, for um, for League of Legends. I think they would become kind of their it own. It would region, become their own region honestly. if they ever did pick enough because well, there's yeah, no yeah, way yeah. they could join the VGK. 
Well, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, not only just India, but like all the other small regions. You know, all the oh, other regions that are very the wild, wild card, wild card regions. Yeah, what they're all called. The wild card regions becoming bigger and better and having stronger and stronger competition within them. Um, I really hope that these are some of the ripple effects that we're going to start seeing um, in this, you know, in these upcoming years because of events like this. Yeah, and didn't mention, did he mention that it is a CSGO event as well, that the fighting games community is big, but there is also a CSGO tournament uh, tied along to it. Yeah, yeah, I think CSGO and fighting games are the two biggest things, yes. um, but it's DreamHack, so there's going to be a ton of different side events as well. So um, if, you're, if you're a gamer and you live in India and you want to go to a gaming event, this is it. Hell yeah. This is the spot to go. Do, I mean, is there anything else you want to kind of talk about before we go? I mean, anything else about this that you want to talk about? I know this is something that you're really big on, Dylan. I don't have much more yeah. to go on to this. The, the one thing I wanted to bring up to you guys is, is there any areas that maybe we've been talking about or have come up on the show that you think are going to be, you know, kind of in the news a little bit? Um, any any regions that you guys have your eyes on that are, you know, going to be blowing up pretty like soon? A, like an emerging region? Yeah. Do you think there's any emerging regions out there? Um... I think um, a big a big discussion in the legal edge scene is Vietnam. Vietnam apparently is like slowly like they're becoming more and more of a dominant force in at least legal legends. Um, but I mean that's usually a good indicator of other esports too. Most most regions aren't exclusively good at one esport, right? Like they usually have like I mean there is some biases like the the, the telltale you know uh, South America's incredible shooters like you know like. But I mean, that's really the only stereotype that really falls into any of the any of the esports categories and the quality of their players. So I think, I think Vietnam. I think I want is kind of the one I want to say we want to watch for the next, maybe the next year. I mean, it it it's a developed region in terms of esports, but it's not much. But I want to say South America. I feel like it's something that's been teetering on the edge of a medium region that there is major teams and talents that come out there, but. As far as I know, there's no, there's never major events hosted there. Like Worlds have never been hosted there. I don't think TI has been hosted there very often, if at all. Like it is still not an area that's taken very seriously. That's a lot of it because of political and why that, why a lot of those events don't go on. But I still think it's a region that does have a stereotype associated with it, shooters. But it doesn't mean it can't develop more. And it is a region that I, it's usually like the fourth or fifth region that I think of when I think of esports. So I think it has a room to kind of move up in the tier one eventually. I still think it has a way to go, but that's the one that I think is the most realistic unless India develops very quickly. Their scene would be my second one, but I think South America is the closest to moving into that um, Chinese um, NA EU Korea kind of category, the big four. I think they'd be the closest, but that's still a very long way to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the regions I, I think I always think there's going to be some merchants from is Japan. Um, I think they're they're super close. They just need like a catalyst because fighting games there, super popular. Um, Arcade-based games, incredibly popular, and um, they have a lot of great competition there. You know, we see a lot of Japanese come over for Evo. There's an Evo Japan that's really big. So the competition aspect of, of esports is there. I think you just need some sort of catalyst to, to really start sparking it more. Is that maybe an, an Overwatch team there? Maybe. Yeah, um, it, but I don't know. I think I think I think I do agree with you though, Andrew. Um, I think South America is also one to look at. I think that one is going to be pushing up very soon as well. Japan's just weird. They're very particular about everything they do and what they buy and what they play and all that kind of stuff. Is that 
like if you go back and look at like when the Xbox One was launched, like the opening week was like a hundred sold. Like they're very stick to Japanese made things a lot of the times, and like especially when it comes to big companies and stuff like that. So they're very Nintendo. A lot of fighting games are made in from Capcom, a Japanese company, and stuff like yeah. that. And that's why those scenes are so big there. And none of the other major companies have any kind of Japanese presence. So I think if that ever wants to develop into a major region, that needs to happen, or they need to take the long shot and host a world there or the the international there or something kind of like that, and just force people to go to it. Because otherwise, I don't think that's something that's going to develop naturally just because of how the Japanese people are. Um, that's not stereotypes or anything like that. That is just their buying habits. Their entertainment habits are just very set in stone. So something major has to shake up. And I, I don't even know if an Overwatch team would be enough. You need one of the big, big events to be there and pretty much force people to go there and experience and want more of it. Yeah. But with that, we do only have a couple more minutes. So I know both of you had a couple of honorable mentions you wanted to kind of jump into and go through really quick before we do wrap up this week's episode. Yeah, do you want to go ahead there, Dylan? Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll run through the first two. And I'll, I'll, I'll give the last one to you, James. You can, Thanks, you can man. do that one. Um, but Panda Global owner uh, slash doctor in real life uh, gave flu shots at Big House. Um, is a big smash tournament one of the biggest smash tournaments he was there giving out free flu shots which was very cool i think of him that's a great it's a great team um he's a really good dude really good dude in the scene um and then sri lanka declares esports as an official sport in their country um which i thought was kind of cool because like we're seeing that pop in the news all the time like oh so-and-so country actually recognizes esports it's never America or Canada, but <laughs> never. it's always a country, and I think that's really cool. And maybe one day we'll we'll get we'll get our countries in there. Do we recognize official sports? Uh, no, but there's probably something out there like I don't know, like a president could pass like uh, it's a official esports day, and I think that'd be that'd be cool. You know, we all pack on our backs for that one. That's why we need to vote for a gamer we president. Oh my God. Ace Watkins. So- so yeah, the other the other thing we had, which is uh, which is I think I like it's something you usually hear at Dylan, not so much me, but I I brought, kind of brought it to our attention, is that the Hong Kong player uh, Blitz Chung calls for the liberation of his country in a post game interview. So the dude went on with his post game interview, like his celebration after winning the uh, Hearthstone Grandmaster uh, Asian Pacific, uh, basically tournament, and uh, yeah. He basically basically said that, you know, he wants the liberation of Hong Kong, of course, playing into the political scope over there. And, I mean, we've all seen shit on Reddit. It's on r slash all, all the time. Um, and basically, they once they once he said it, both casters actually just hid behind the desk. They were just like, nope, we're not, we're not touching it. They're like, all right, Blitz, that's good, bro. You're done. But they both, like, he said it. He, uh, he had, like, a full, like, goggles and mask on. And then said his piece and that was it so it was uh yeah it's uh politics are playing into everything guys wait so they yeah. couldn't see his face no so they could he actually unmasked himself oh. and then said like you know liberation of hong kong and then the casters are like oh my god and they just like ducked it and like <laughs> that's it dude you're good you're cut civil disobedience is a good thing keep doing scary it scary thing though like when when someone has that kind of reaction, it's such a scary thing that we know so little about. I don't want to talk about it, but it just says something about what's going on over there, and I just hope everyone's safe. Is all I really have to say about that. But anything else we want to touch on and wrap up on before we do end this week's episode and move into a little bit of post show? I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. 
Okay. With that then, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning into this week's episode of Project Esports for October 7th, 2019. Remember to have a very good October and get into the spooky season as we get going into the month. Yeah, and all our fellow esports goons out there, please hit us with that five-star review on iTunes. I think it's really the only podcasting platform that actually allows you to leave reviews. I haven't seen it on anywhere else. Um, hit us with a YouTube subscribe so um, Dylan doesn't have to do this crazy, long, convoluted explanation of how to get to our YouTube page. And hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, anywhere you can find us. Um, it's pretty easy to track us down through the popped-off Twitter. And, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know who you think should be in Smash from Overwatch. And don't say Winston. And, and we go live on, on twitch.tv slash popped underscore off every single Monday at... 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Again, that's twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. Um, but if you miss the live version, you can go to YouTube. Um, just type poppedoff.com slash YouTube to, to find our YouTube. Please subscribe there. You can see the VODs on there. And then also the VODs go up every Tuesday on every single podcasting platform out there. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, all of them. Go listen to the audio version. But with that, I'm Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And thank you for watching Prodigy Sports. 